0: Have you ever taken a journey or attended a tour where you had a guide to lead and direct you through the experience? Whether at a museum, underwater voyage, or a mountain trail, the guide's job is to lead you through and bring you on the other side safe and sound. We trust in their knowledge, wisdom, and experience to guide us safely. That is what is provided to man from the spirit realm. God has given us his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us through this wilderness we call life. However, in today's society, more people are turning to other spirits that are not holy. Today on the Paradigm Switch starts our annual Halloween episodes discussing the danger of spirit guides.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avan and Alex we seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode.
0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Paradigm Switch. I am one of your co-hosts, Avon. I'm here with Alex. And hey, Alex, you got to do it again because I didn't unmute your mic.
2: <laughs> Say hello again. Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> my bad, my bad. I'm trying to get everything together. I'm telling you, it's so hard to start the show, push these buttons, pull up the music, and try to get my notes all together at once. I apologize for that. But anyways, Alex, it is that time of year. First, I am shocked that we are already in October. All yeah, over, you I know, know. I feel it, like it this is year has blown wild. by. Just, shoom, just gone. And then, you know, this is my favorite time of when we discuss or do our podcast is these Halloween episodes. And so they're usually along the lines of, like, coming against the culture of darkness. And it's usually calling out things in the, the like, spiritual warfare or anything demonic and kind of get into those um, taboo conversations on witchcraft and Satanism and all that kind of stuff that the Christians need to know. Cause I feel as though sometimes some churches don't want to touch upon these topics. They kind of just skim over and just say, don't do witchcraft. Don't do, you know, don't get involved in Satanism. But at the same time, like some of these things are subtle. You need to call out and be specific. Like what, what qualifies as witchcraft, what qualifies as tapping into that darkness of the spiritual realm. And for some reason, I feel like the churches don't, like to discuss in the specifics or maybe that's just my experience what do you think
2: Uh, no i i think churches tend to not talk about this either um i mean we we at my church talk about the spiritual plane sometimes but it's and acknowledge that there are demonic entities out there and that unfortunately people can tap into that power but i don't really think details are really gone into understandably of course i mean you don't really want to go out there and tell people details of how people end up in this way right because a person who is not um you know really rooted in the faith could be experiencing temptation be like oh i just want to see you know curious you know what's yeah. out there and then and then that that uh leads them down and they fall and so i understand why we don't want to talk too detailed about these kinds of things although i do think it is important we acknowledge that they are out there and that it's is something we face as believers
0: yeah i agree um i will say like i don't want to I don't want to say I'm curious in it, but I do like learning in the sense of like, what is like what people are doing in the side of witchcraft and different things of the occult. Not that I'm practicing it. I am saying I am not practicing. It. I don't want people to think I'm double dabbling. Cause there are some Christians who double dabble. I think we talked about it last, last year talking about their Christian witches, witches, which is an oxymoron, but I come at it more of a curiosity in a sense of like, why are they believing or like, being fascinated with this kind of dark side of the spiritual realm. And, you know, something interesting happened, um, Alex, um, a couple of weeks ago. I don't, know, I don't think I told you this. I was hanging out with one of my Christian friends, and she told me, and I don't know how we got in the conversation, and she was just telling me that she doesn't believe in, like, exorcism. She doesn't believe in demons being out there. She doesn't really believe in, like, the dark the dark powers of the demonic having any influence on earth or just like, or, or even just the believers having supernatural power from the Holy ghost to do things like the disciples did of being able to raise the dead, heal the sick and all this kind of stuff. She just, doesn't believe those things are available, those things happen, and all that kind of stuff. I was totally dumbfounded because she was raised in church like we were. We grew, She grew up in church. Um, you know, she loves the Lord, generally loves the Lord, genuinely loves the Lord, you know, studies the word and this, this, and that. And it kind of confuses me because I'm like, when I read the word, there are clearly supernatural powers or supernatural entities involved in this, in this book. Yeah. How can you just... Be like, I don't believe it, and it's clearly in there. I mean, I mean, I think we discussed the first time we did the Halloween thing that there are Christians who don't believe Satan is real. And it's like the fourth chapter of Matthew, it says that Jesus had a battle with the devil. Like there was a full-on temptation that the Satan was trying to give um, to Jesus, and, you know, Jesus defeated the devil. And I'm just totally mind-blown on the fact that some people just don't want to acknowledge the spiritual realm in general and then even the dark side of it.
2: Yeah, I don't know why people don't acknowledge the devil and, and why there are so many Christians who don't believe in the devil. I think that is completely ridiculous. But I do know about the part where you're talking about how there's your friend does not believe that Christians can have the power over this and, and that, that this doesn't happen anymore. I don't think, unfortunately, that this is an uncommon belief in the Western church today. I, mm-hmm. I think there is a large group Uh, within the western church of of various denominations and everything that, that believe that the time of the holy spirit is past i think that that's a theological kind of i don't know how they arrived there uh and maybe that's a topic for another episode one day but they do they believe that the holy spirit the kind of power that was given to the disciples that's past, and that we don't have access to that anymore and so i guess if they really if, they, if that's their belief, then it would logically make sense to me that they would believe the demonic has less power. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe they're one of these, uh, maybe your friend is part of one of these churches whose theology is we live currently in the Millennium Kingdom. And Satan is locked away in the abyss. And that's why there's no demonic power. Now, I don't agree with this view. I don't think we're in the Millennium Kingdom. And I do think that there are uh, demonic entities at work in this world. And I think, you know, there's uh, there's clips of some of this. There's a clip of uh, some Mexican teens who were playing with uh, a Ouija board. And one of them was possessed. And, you know, there's a video of it. And it looks really like she's possessed, like mm-hmm. really bad. So I, I think that, you know, this idea that we don't have any kind of spiritual entities exerting influence on the physical world today, I don't think that's true, but I understand if your theology is the Holy Spirit is is gone, you know, that time has passed and Satan is locked away, why you might think this way? Yeah,
0: we, that's a whole different can of worms of discussing that because I have right, a lot. It's, another,
2: it's another episode. It yeah,
0: I, I have a lot to say in the sense of like the power of the Holy Ghost and everything like that. I believe it's still relevant today. I believe the Holy Ghost is able to do so, and I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but. Um, but I believe that um, all these things that we see in the Bible, and I was just reading actually today in my personal devotional, when Jesus was saying, you know, that these signs shall follow for those who believe me and believe in me, they shall raise the dead, heal the sick, you know, they shall drink deadly poison, and it shall not harm them, and all these amazing things. So I still think that that's available, but we'll say that for another time, but... <laughs> but the episode we got going on today, I have been wanting to talk about this um, for a while now because a lot of my friends in their conversations always say I'm hoping for like a spirit guide to guide me or to give me um, leadings and all that kind of stuff. So our topic today is discussing spirit guides and how that's growing in our society and how people are leaning more on these spirits to lead and guide them through their life and make their, you know, making life altering decisions and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I had come, you know, a, a part of also hearing conversations from like my friends just saying that, you know, I stumbled upon an article maybe a couple days ago on ChristianPost.com And it, in it's, it's titled over half of Americans believe they've interacted with deceased loved ones. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this was written by Leah Marie Ann Um And so I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm going to be jumping around, but I just want to kind of like share what some of the things that it said. Over half of Americans claim to have communicated with deceased relatives, either in dreams or other means. And the moderately religious are the most commonly people group or, you know, group to have such supernatural um, encounters. And additionally, 34% of the respondents say they felt the presence of a deceased family member. 28% have spoken about their lives to them and 15% felt that a deceased relative reached out to them just under 44% of the participants mentioned from this, I guess this study having at least one such encounter. And this was from the Pew Research Center. And, um, and it's just, you know, it just goes into this whole thing of that. People say that they had these encounters of when they feel like they've been guided by their loved one who's passed away, which if you know anything about witchcraft and all that kind of stuff is tapping into, was it necromancy of trying to tap into talking to dead relatives And stuff. And so I want to discuss today just what is spirit guides because it's important that we are knowledgeable as Christians. What new fad or what new kind of quote unquote religion faith is coming out there so that when we're witnessing, we're fully equipped and that too, we don't get, um, two, three, whatever, that we, I I lost count already, Um, (laughs) that we don't get deceived. um, Don't we, that we don't get deceived out there in these last and evil days. Now, Alex, I don't know if you've ever come across anyone talking about spirit guides. Have you?
2: No. Really, I've actually, yeah, I, I've never met anybody who has talked to me about spirit guides who tells me that they have a spirit guide, tells me they're interested in spirit guides. This is never, uh, honestly, it's never been a topic of conversation to ever come up with <laughs> <at> anybody <laughs> in my circle at all.
0: Well, you are I a scientist, know. which is, I don't know, I don't want to be rude, but you are a scientist, which is a little bit more of a less spiritual Or a less, you know, know, less religious kind of uh, group of people. Not to be mean, but, you know. um, I'm always interacting with just a whole bunch of characters all the time. But do you know what a spirit guide is?
2: Uh, Yes, I understand the concept of a spirit guide.
0: Okay, so the definition I have found. I had to go on multiple sites to try to sum up with some kind of, like, definition. But one, I was able to gather. A spirit guide is a Western spiritualism. And is an entity that remains as a discardent spirit to act as a guide or a protector to a living incarnated individual. Basically, it's someone in the celestial trying to help and guide someone in the terrestrial, meaning here on planet Earth, a human on planet Earth. And so, Alex, why do you think someone would try to seek out spirit guides? Like, what do you think they're trying to do? And why would oh, why wow. would they?
2: this this stems from man's need to fill the spiritual void that they have in them. And you know you and I as, as believers, we know the answer to that is Jesus, but people who are not, they turn to other means to fill this. Uh, and in this case, I think people are turning to you know ancestral spirits or spirit guides. Maybe they're not sure what the kind of spirit is. They just know that it's something wise that can help them. And so this is what they try to fill that hole with. And that's why uh, they turn to these uh, spirit guides, I think, uh, to try and, you know, have advice and basically play the role that God and the Holy Spirit play in a believer's life.
0: Exactly. I, I agree with what you said. I think, you know, when man fell, we, you know, we lost contact with, you know, our outlet to the spiritual realm, which was through God, which, is, which was to God. And so we, you know, we are spiritual creatures and so is natural. I think that's something we need to accept as humans, that it is natural for us to want to be involved with the spiritual realm. I think sometimes as Christians, if you do believe in the spiritual realm or if you have understand the spiritual realm, like growing up, if I remember my parents, they would be so touchy if they hear anything that, that mentioned the spiritual realm. It was just always like, it's automatically demonic. That's not true. You know, God is in the spiritual realm, and just because it's something of the spiritual realm doesn't mean it's automatically demonic. You have to be careful, but I think we need to accept that, you know what, people, it is natural to for a human to want to contact into the spiritual realm because we are spiritual creatures and we're trying to feel whole once again because we've lost contact with the spiritual, you know, spiritual realm when we fell from grace or whatever you want to call it, when man fell after Adam sinned. And so I think it's important that we, that the cravings that people are looking to contact or into that realm is natural. I don't, I, I don't know if you agree with me in that sense of that it being natural, but I think sometimes we always look at people when they say they want to contact into the spirit that it's not natural. It's, I think it's natural
2: i yeah like i said i think that this is the product of trying to fill that that space where god should fill mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean i do think that this is a natural you know kind of wish that everybody experiences or, or at least almost everybody maybe you might not like sociopaths and stuff maybe not have that i don't know but uh i think that the vast vast majority do have this uh desire to fill this god-sized hole and so yeah it does seem pretty natural to me that that they want to figure figure that out now some people do figure it out and other people unfortunately are deceived along the way
0: exactly and i'm going to say from the beginning that the notion of seeking spiritual spirit guides as they call them is very dangerous and that believers should not be partaking in any of these activities i'm going to repeat that again i'm going to repeat that again for the person in the back You know, just in case the person listening was driving and trying to merge over and you didn't hear me. So I'm going to say this disclaimer again. The notion of seeking spiritual guides, as they call them, is very dangerous and believers should not be partaking in any of these activities. I think, Alice, you were telling me recently that there are Christians who actually themselves are seeking spiritual guides. So this is important for even believers, not just unbelievers, but this is a topic for believers to know that you are not supposed to be seeking after spiritual guides. Guys, spirit guys that are not the holy spirit the only spirit that god has given you to communicate with and to be engaged in, in leading and guiding you is the holy spirit if it's not the holy spirit we should not be in communication with it
2: no and i i was just really surprised to see you know this should should christians how to how to connect with the spirit god i like this is crazy this is crazy i mean If you want to talk about what is the spirit guide of a Christian, it is the Holy Spirit. I Mm -hmm. think one could could say that. And, you know, we can talk about how one can commune and connect with the Holy Spirit. But other than that, you know, if you're trying to think, I don't know, I, I want to consult with my guardian angel. This is going to lead you down a very dangerous path, and I don't think it's going to be a successful one. So don't do that. Just don't do that.
0: Okay, um... Now, before we get into why is it dangerous, the thing that comes to me, because we're going to talk about that, why is it dangerous or why should not Christians or anybody be involved with these spiritual guides? You know, the thing that comes to my mind is, who are these spirits that you're communicating with? That's the thing that gets me. I'm like, who are you talking to that you you are having lead and guide you? So I found this article um, that was that, discusses the six types of spiritual guides that are out there. So apparently there's different types of guides. So it's not just like just one, but there's different types. So um, the first one is Archangels. And, you know, they just say archangels are leaders in the angel world and are very powerful, very large energy signature and all this kind of stuff you have. So you have archangels, you have guardian angels. I think we all kind of know what, you know, that's kind of like self-explanatory, just an angel that protects you and, you know, watches you, watches you along your way and this, this and that and everything like that. And I thought this was an interesting description of these guardian angels that they say, remember that angels are non-denominational and work with people of all faiths and all spiritual beliefs. So I thought that was an interesting um, disclaimer that they added on there. And then this is the other one, spirit animals. Uh, spirit animals might be a pet you once had who passed away and is now part of your spiritual guidance squad. Uh, spiritual animals could show up for the first time in a dream, in your backyard, or on your coworker's coffee mug. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just reading, I'm just reading what the article says. Um, another one that they said ascended masters, like I guess Buddha or Mother Mary, who was once human. So I guess someone that we hold in high regard within society and stuff like that. Um, and then another type of guide is a departed one. So like we said earlier, talking about necromancy of, you know, trying to communicate or discuss with um, a dead person or with a dead loved one. And then helper angels, which are described as freelance angels, so to speak, who are just looking for humans to help with specific situations like finding, a, finding new friends or finding a new job. And also this article talks about the ways you communicate with them is via meditation, channeling, um, seances, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and seeking a psychic So anyone who is knowledgeable of witchcraft practices will already know those means are already ungodly behavior. So there is no way for you to be using ungodly behavior to seek something godly. So that already washes that away of being any kind of way applicable for any Christian at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, everything you just listed, I think we've talked a lot about all of those things on this show in previous Halloween seasons, but those are gateways to the demonic Mm -hmm. gateways the ouija boards the the mediums the psychics etc and all of that leads to the demonic so all those spirit guides that were just mentioned they're all gonna be demonic uh and definitely christians should not have anything to do with that
0: now someone might Uh, ask like how do you know that, that that's the demonic side you know what i mean like someone might ask how do you know that's the demonic
2: No, this is the demonic because in scripture, there are examples of utilizing these methods Mm -hmm. and they reach into the demonic. So the witch at Endor, for example, is this medium and Saul uh, has her assist him in trying to, to reach spirits of the dead. And in this particular case, you know, he talks to samuel now whether this is actually god just allowing uh samuel to come and talk to him to show his greater glory i don't know maybe this is a demon masquerading as samuel it it isn't really uh, i mean there's a debate about this but um at the end though saul's cursed Mm -hmm. because this is the wrong path to go down uh And then there are numerous examples, like you said, in Scripture in Leviticus and in the New Testament where witchcraft is explicitly uh, forbidden by God. And the scriptures talk about how this is very displeasing, that this is evil and the the divination and the soothsayers and all of this stuff that was going on in ancient Egypt and in Babylon and in Rome among all of this is just gateways. They're, they're not of him. Mm-hmm. God says, do not engage in this because they're not of me. And so if they're not of him, then, then they have to be of the demonic because in the realm, uh, it, it in the wider picture, it's, you're, you're, you have God's kingdom, and you have Satan's kingdom. And there's no neutrality here. There's no middle ground. It's mm-hmm. one or the other. And so in this case, anything that is not of God, such as witchcraft, such as divination, such as Ouija boards, such as mediums, that is of Satan.
0: No, I really—I like that. I like what you talked about, that there's no middle ground. You know, one thing I found about—because, you know, I was kind of researching and trying to, like, read about all these, like, spiritual guides and this, this, and that. They don't really— talk about the actual spiritual realm and the bible is very clear about the spiritual realm like you said that there's only two kingdoms there's god's side and then there's the devil's side there's no middle ground and you know sometimes people like to think that there is a middle ground but there isn't people be like well i'm not with the devil but if you're not with god you're automatically with the devil like that's just how it is if you're not with god you're automatically with you're you're automatically in the kingdom of darkness and with these um In this kind of new ageism or spiritualism that's like influence or, you know, promoting this whole thing of spiritual guides, they're not mentioning or not delving into the fact that there are two sides to the coin, that there is a good side and there's a bad side. They try to paint the picture that everything on that side is good, but it's not true. Not everything out of the spirit realm is 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 good. There is a dark side. And like you said, God has already given his instructions of if you want to contact me or if you want to be in a communication with me, this is how you do it, X, Y, and Z. But the problem is man always wants to find a loophole and not follow God's X, Y, and Z. They want to do things their way. And so they they look for other avenues to contact the spiritual realm, but God has God is very Adamant in his role of saying, This is how you contact me. Anything outside of these steps or out of these ways is wrong. And you're going to be contacting evil spirits that are there. As Jesus says, the devil only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There is nothing good that these that these spiritual guys are really going to be guiding you to. And you know what's funny? You know, well, I I shouldn't say it's funny. You know, like like I said in the intro, the point of guides is to, you know, protect you, to lead you to a good land and all that kind of stuff. These spiritual guides really don't lead you to a good land. That's the deception of it. They don't lead you to the good life. They're not leading they're you right. to spiritual peace. They're not leading you to spiritual joy or anything like that. And I've heard this from various testimonies of people who were into New Ageism and who were into spiritual guides, and they come out of it and they're saying, I was miserable. I was so depressed when I got in, you know, when I now that I'm free from it. Now I look back, I was so depressed. I was so lost. I was going down a route that was that was going to hell. There was one guy who was a satanist and he was into all this kind of stuff and he he mentioned how he was like now that his eyes are open, he sees that this was actually a trap. Those spiritual guides were leading him down a dark path and it was all a trap all along. Those spiritual There's,
2: um this this book and it's fictional, I grant, but it was interesting in that one of the characters uh, was this politician's wife and she had been very successful, very wealthy, you know, that kind of thing, a powerful person. Um, and in the, in this story, there's this, uh, mother who gets murdered and it turns out that this, uh, the, the detective unwinds the mystery and finds out that this politician's wife ordered this, woman to be murdered Mm -hmm. because her spirit guide told her to wow so i mean i know this is fictional but i think it could possibly show that in reality maybe spirit guides don't necessarily lead to depression and bad maybe they lead to success and fame but you have to do some really bad things along the way and they lead ultimately to destruction by getting these people caught up in these really bad things yeah. in order to preserve their, their status or their power or their wealth or their fame or whatnot. It comes so, at a cost. It comes at a cost. It, that you're, it comes at a cost. The cost is your soul. Mm-hmm. The cost is your soul at the end of all of this. So it's, it's really not, it's not good. It's not good at all.
0: And, you know, I was thinking also, you know, I read that list of the different types of spirit guides and, you know, it sounds good that, you know, it's an angel. It's an angel. We talking about how can archangels be bad? It's an archangel. It's a it's a it's a it's a loving angel. It's a guardian angel. But you know what? Demons are angels too. They just lost their positions. Demons are technically angels that just lost their positions.
2: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and <laughs> um, I think that you know Satan was once the the angel of light. I mean, I imagine he can still appear this way if he wishes to. So mm-hmm. he'll be deceived by this. And I think. That there is biblical evidence that people can be visible uh, visited by angels, um, and uh, Paul talks about this, uh, and I think this is in Galatians, um, Galatians one, where he says that if you hear a message,
1: but it doesn't
2: match the gospel, whether it be from a man or an angel, let that man or angel be accursed. Mm.
0: So that requires us to know the word to be able to test that spirit that's trying to communicate communicate with us.
2: Yes, I, I think that that is what that shows. Exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you know what? Not all angels are good. And this is what I'm saying. This is what people need to realize and wake up in reading the word. You know, sometimes I think people just think, you know, this whole thing about you know about Christ and the Bible and this is that. it's all about just God saying he loves you and he just wants you in heaven and just for a million years you're just going to dance around the pond and eat grapes you know there's like there's much more depthness to the bible like it's a spiritual war and you know one of these episodes we got to talk about actual spiritual warfare and, like what it is and all that kind of stuff and everything like that and how to recognize where you're in a spiritual warfare situation but mm-hmm. We need, to, we need to realize that we have an enemy out there and that he's out to seek and destroy our lives. He is trying to kill, steal, and destroy and take our souls to the eternal pit and trying to break. He's still after that same goal like he did with Adam and Eve, try to break our relationship with God. And this is one way of doing it, of... Having spirit spirit guides that are actually evil entities that lead us away from God. You know, like a guide is supposed to lead you towards life and try to lead you towards a certain way. The end result with these spirit guides is death, and it's going to be something negative because it's not God. And so, I want to talk about, you know, I wanted to talk about and bring out the whole thing of spirit guides, but I don't want to just say don't trust these spirit guides and not give the counteroffer of what to what to. Depend on in place of the spirit guide, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, Alex, before we get into more of like scriptures to like prove that this this, is next, can you kind of describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Like, how what is what is how important or what has it been like in your life having this relationship with the Holy Spirit as your guide, as your person you depend on to lead you in life?
2: So the the Holy Spirit, I think, is what guides me to make the correct decisions like if you have two choices you can make and and they're big choices and, you know you're trying to discern which is the correct one it's the holy spirit that's going to give you that that insight on that that nudge that this path is the one that i want you to go down this is the path that's going to be going to be right for you I, I also think that the holy spirit serves uh as a like um what is the right word i think that the holy spirit serves as an addition to one's conscience mm-hmm. in terms of of leading you in the correct moral behaviors and i think the holy spirit is in addition to your conscience going to be the one who who gives you that tug when you know that you've made a mistake and, and convicts you gives you that sense of conviction mm-hmm. that this was not the right thing to do um and i You know, the Holy Spirit also, I have have heard is sort of also can play the role of the mediator between yourself and God the Father, although others say that Jesus the Son does that as well. So, Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I think also the Holy Spirit plays a role in helping you stand strong in faith when it undergoes testing, um, especially if you're in constant communication with him.
0: Yeah, I agree, and you know what, in this last year, I'm just going to be real, in this last year, my appreciation and love for the gift of the Holy Spirit has been so much more prominent lately for my life. Like, we'll get into it later on in this season, but while on hiatus, I was going through a lot, like, spiritual warfare, I was going through a lot of, like, ups and downs and this, this, and that, and I can tell you, the the only reason why I have not just totally lost my... Mind and you know, probably ended up in some mental ward or just legit just disappear. Legit just disappear. I think I've told this to Alex. Jet one day, I'm just gonna disappear. You're never gonna hear from me again. I'm just gonna just. I'm just done. Like the stress of life and this, this, and that, I'm just going to disappear. But the only, the only, the factor that has kept me stable through all the kind of ups and downs of life has literally been the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you know, the, the older I get and the more life experience I get in the, like I see things, I don't know how people are living without the Holy Spirit in their lives. I don't know how people are, are, are making it through without the Holy Spirit being there as not just a comforter. As a person to encourage you, as a person to empower you when you're feeling down, to give you the strength to keep moving forward, to keep believing forward. I mean, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is something that I value above everything else because— honestly, without him, I would have lost it. <laughs> I, I would have lost it by now. And seriously, he guides me and make, and helping me make right decisions when I want to do wrong decisions. Or even when someone, this is the thing, even when someone's trying to deceive me and I'm thinking they're with good intentions, the Holy Spirit would bring my attention and be like, mm, like, let me, let me reveal something behind the scenes that you can't see. Let me guide you in a, in a way and bring you wisdom and knowledge in something that you can't see about a person and bring bigger understanding. And he unveil, you know un, unveils his word in a different way and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is so valuable. I, I would never trade that. And it's important for our believers to understand that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you to be able to stand and to be able to make it. Because, Alex, you know, you and I talk about all the time, like, the world is falling apart. so the world is falling apart and the only way for us to maintain and to not fall apart with it is is by the gift of the holy spirit that jesus said he would send. and you know i was listening to a sermon actually not that long ago and i thought what the pastor had said was very insightful and he said the holy spirit was not given to us so we can leave and go to heaven the holy spirit was given to us so that we can live on earth And I love that, that the Holy Spirit gives us the strength and the ability and the guidance and the instructions and the provision and the knowledge and the wisdom that we may or may not know to live here on planet Earth. And, you know, I just want to bring a scripture to this because I don't think we've mentioned a scripture yet. So, you know, we want to make sure we have a scripture in the discussion. But I wanted to bring from John 16, um, I'm going to start at the 13th verse. And it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. And what I really like right there in that, in that verse, it says, when the Spirit of truth come, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is known as the Spirit of truth. So that means if he's the Spirit of truth, every other spirit, that's trying to come my way is a lie is a liar that he's the only one that has the truth and so i think us as christians we need to grow and we need to learn to depend much more on the holy spirit to be our guide in our everyday life
2: yeah i i mean i agree and i i think when you you know the the relationship with the holy spirit is really important right because when that is strong then you're going to be in a really good place in life. And even though there is this chaos surrounding you, you are going to be the person who has his house on the rock. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to weather all of this. And I think that the Holy spirit is responsible for giving that, that peace to believers who are in that storm. And, and, uh, that's that is the product of a strong relationship with the Holy Spirit, and when someone doesn't have that strong of a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I think this is somebody who is more prone to fear and, and worries, and mm. uh, you know has a lot of uh, just uh, cares of the world wearing them down. And yeah. that's they might still be able to stand in God, but they are not going to have that sense of peace and, and it's going to take a toll on the joy that they feel as well. They might, what do we call them? They're defeated Christians. They're still believers. They still have salvation and they still, um, ineffectual can, can, can share their faith. But yeah, it's, it's not as effective obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually think this is if Satan knows he can never win you over, then he's going to try to put you into this state. Because yeah. then you're going to be less of a problem for him. Um, even though God still has you, he can't have you, but you're going to just be less of a problem for him. No, I, that's what he tries to do. And the Holy Spirit is so important because the Holy Spirit is who helps you combat these kinds of things.
0: I, I agree with you. And so I just want to reiterate you know, the Christians need to be reminded you do not need to seek after these spirit guides, spirit animals, angels. Even the good angels, you don't need to call Michael. You don't need to call Gabriel. They ain't coming. They, they are not coming. And you know what? It blows my mind. God offers Himself to us to live in us, not just be with us. He says, He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, He will not just be with you, but He will live in you. He will be in you, and you know, and lead and guide you in every aspect of your life. This is what makes the whole thing of salvation and Christianity so much more amazing because we got a better, we got a better covenant and a better testimony because now God lives in us and is forever with us, twenty four seven of the day, every day, seven days a week to lead and guide us. And you know what? When I mean, you know preparing for this episode, you know I do my daily devotion. You know, um, when I spend time with God and everything, and you know I read. Chapters in the Old Testament, then the New Testament. And so where I am in the Old Testament, I'm in Exodus, where God is laying down kind of the laws for Israelites. He's laying down like, this is how I want y'all to live. Y'all been living in the world, quote unquote, world of Egypt. Now I'm bringing you out of that world and I'm teaching you how to live under my kingdom and under me. And one of the things, you know, I read today where God says, like, he was saying the things of don't worship another God, don't seek after these things, don't get involved in witchcraft. And he said, I'm a jealous God. And it really hit me. It really hit me with that. Uh, maybe we need to do an episode about that, the jealousy of God. Um, because, you know, God, God offered them so much. And then for them to just be like, I'm going to seek after another God and this, this, and that, how insulting is that? Like God gave them himself and offered everything he is to them, and then for them to be like, and they did, to turn around and seek after another God is so insulting. And so how to flip this to how we're talking about today about spirit guys? God offers us the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. Jesus died on the cross, bled for us, was whipped for us, was spit on us. And you know, I was reading that also today about him having his hair pulled, getting spit on, spit on and getting flogged and all that kind of stuff. For us to have the legal right for the Holy Spirit to live in us and to be with us every single moment of our lies. How insulting is it that God has done this and to and offering himself that people, even Christians, will turn around and try to seek some other spirit guide. That blows my mind. How insulting. God has every right to be jealous and to be mad. I'm just gonna say to be peed off about it because that's so insulting.
2: I I don't know why believers would try to find a different spirit guide. I I cannot understand that. I mean if you're a believer, you should know the truth. You should know better than that. You should know uh, that all the times where God comes out and wins out Mm -hmm. over any of these other spirits. I mean, I I just think about it in Egypt, you know, Moses won, his staff ate the, when it became a snake, it ate the other Mm -hmm. uh, Egyptian priests' staffs. Uh, They failed to call forth the locusts and everything else that came after that. Then um the the priests of Baal they go dance and cut themselves and all all over this uh, altar to the false God Baal and Elijah laughs at them and then God uh, blows them all up in this fire consumes them all in fire and comes down from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't consume the priests of Baal he consumes the altar uh that Elijah, soaked water on before this happened god uh shows himself as the the person with the most strength as as shows himself as god and then all these priests of baal they die because uh they are in opposition to him and then there is the case of daniel where all of these soothsayers and divination people can't <laughs> They can't interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. They have no idea. And then there's Daniel who has God with him and is able to uh, interpret all these dreams. And he rises up to become one of the, the uh, most powerful men in all of Babylon, despite being a foreigner. And then if that wasn't on top, they get uh, conspired to throw him into the lion's den, thinking that that, that will shut him up, except God uh, is with him there, pacifies the lions, and they get fed to them instead. Exactly. These, uh, divination people and soothsayers, these people and the demonic. And then there is when Jesus casts out the demons from the people into the pigs. And and it just goes on and on and on. There are countless examples uh, throughout scripture of God winning and overcoming these evil spirits. So for the fact that, that Christians feel like they need to turn to something other than the Holy Spirit i don't know is it desperation maybe they have a bad relationship with the holy spirit maybe they feel very distant they can't hear god Mm -hmm. they don't know what he wants them to do and so they they're desperate to find some sort of supernatural uh guide in their life and if they can't get it from god maybe they feel like you know they've lost him because they've messed up so badly they turn to this other things in, in which case that's really sad and, uh, you know, you never lose God. Uh, and if that's you in the audience, if any of that resonates with you, I just want to tell you, um, God loves you no matter what you do. It doesn't matter how badly you screw up. You can always come back to him, and he is going to restore you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that perhaps that might play a role in this and as well.
0: Well, you know what? I agree with everything that you said. But, you know, I'm just going to bring one more reason why I think some people – People in general, and then even people who are believers, don't run to God to have a deeper relationship with Him for Him to lead and guide them. I'm just gonna be straightforward with it, and if it, if it's as we say in the church, if it steps on your toes, just say "ouch" and get get over with it. But I think the reason why people sometimes have this issue of depending or seeking God to guide them is because He is a holy Spirit. He is holy, so He expects us to walk in righteousness and holiness in, but our ratchet cells our rebellious selves want to not do the things that are righteous, and we don't want to do the things that are holy. We still want to tap into our flesh sometimes and do X, Y, and Z. One thing I've realized about God, and just reading in like the Old Testament and the Apostles and this, this, and that, if you want to have that releasing of the Holy Spirit and the power and have that connection, you have to maintain a righteous lifestyle. And God is a God that gets down to even the private sins. He wants, to, he wants to clean out that inner jealousy that you feel against somebody that you that no one else knows about or even that secret affair you might have going on in the hotel room 20 miles away he wants to fix and clean up every aspect of that life but these other spirit guys or even in the demonic they don't make you have to give that up they just say do this x y and z ritual and then sure we'll give you what you're looking for or we'll imitate it but at the same time, God says, "If you want my help, if you seek me, if you want my help, if you want my help, if you want my interaction, my intervention to come into your life, you need to do it my way, and then you need to be living as I um, describe in my word that you need to be living." But that's the th- you know we're just so rebellious that we don't want to submit fully to God. We don't want to yeah. submit fully I, to God to His I, rules.
2: But that that is definitely a component of it. I I would agree. There there are some people who you know sin is pleasurable for a season oh it feels
0: good alex it feels good to be able to to be able to yell at somebody when they make me mad i don't want to turn to other cheat.
2: i don't want to love but ultimately this this is gonna impair your relationship with the holy spirit but that kind of behavior and mindset that is what leads I think to you feeling distant Mm -hmm. uh, and away from the Holy spirit. And then getting into that place of desperation is like, God could never love me anymore because I've screwed up so much. I've failed too much. Like Mm -hmm. that's how all of this starts. So uh, and and, you know, it's the root of that. Maybe it's pride Mm -hmm. where it's like, I know best, like, you know, I can do this and I'll, I'll figure it out. And or it could be just, you know, you, you enjoy the, outcomes of the sinful behavior i -hmm. I don't know if that's pride per se that could be something else like lust for example but uh it is if that is you this is not where you want to be yeah and i would i would urge you at the soonest opportunity uh go to god and say god i am struggling with this i like doing this my flesh is really um in a in a problem right now but i know i shouldn't do this Please help me to cut this out of my life, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you will find if you're in earnest in this, he's going to to meet you where you're at and help you overcome that because he he wants to do that for you. But you've got to you've got to admit that to him. You can't just ignore this because that's a problem
0: exactly you know i agree with that you know i was going to ask you know what what do we need to do to build a stronger relationship with the holy spirit and i think that's one of the first steps is to come to him and to to lay your problems to the holy ghost to bring your problems to god and say look i am struggling in x y and z i have a real problem in my flesh where i'm jealous i have anger issues i'm addicted to doing x y and z like i need help you know what i think and, you know, I'm not going to say I think I know from experience when you come to God and you're honest with him, I think, you know, I know that he will he will give you grace. He will provide you grace. And then that flowing of the power and the, the strength of the Holy Spirit will go back to flowing into your life, into your heart, because you're now being you're now being honest. You're now being you know, open with him. You're not trying to hide anything with him. You're not trying to, you know, act like, you know, it's not there or live, you know, kind of live in a delusion. I feel like once you start trying to hide things from him or try to live in a delusion of like, oh, I'm fine, and this, this, and that, when he tries to correct you or just trying to lead you to live a much more righteous life and everything, that's when that flow of the Holy Spirit starts getting cut off. It's like you said earlier, it's not God that's cutting it off. It's us that's cutting it off. And so yeah. the first step of of building that relationship with the Holy Spirit is actually is omitting and being an open door is being an open door and not showed, shutting everything off. We're not going to be perfect in everything that we do, but at the same time, I'm not going to hide my sin and be like, "Oh, this isn't happening." I I go to God and say, "Like, yo, I'm really having an anger problem," and that is something I do struggle with. I do have anger problems where you know I have to go to God and say, "Help me with my patience. Help me not not being an angry person." And this, this, and that. And I keep that open. Even though I struggle sometimes, I still have the flowing of the Holy Spirit in my life in every, and you know, every day and everything that I do because I am honest with God and I go to him and I seek him for that guidance and that help. And there was something else I was going to say that adds into a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit is that you need to, at least I found in my life, I ask for his help and that might sound weird. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not, and that's in the book of James. And so I ask all the time, God, I need you to speak to me. God, I need you to lead me. God, I need you to help me. You know, sometimes we're not asking God to do anything, not asking the Holy Spirit to do anything. I think it's important that as you go throughout your day, ask God to lead you. And you know what? It goes with experience. Me asking God and then trying to learn to trust that leading and that nudging. That helps build experience when I'm out in the real world doing X, Y, and Z. I know when the Holy Ghost is leading me because I've experienced it and I've tested it and I've gone out in everyday life and I know what it's like. So I think it. I think that's one way to build a personal experience. It's just like go out and do stuff, <laughs> ask Him to help you, like and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I
0: agree. Yeah. So I, you know, I enjoy this conversation. You know, I, you know, today in this episode, I didn't want to rush it. And you know, you know, I was telling you all this whole time, I was like, I don't want to rush this episode because of the fact of, you know, discussing the Holy Spirit. And I think the Holy Spirit is one of the most important aspects in the Christian life. And sadly, it's one of the not, like, mo- one of the most underrated or not talked about the most aspect in the christian faith and that is everything it's the holy spirit it's the holy spirit that gave the apostles strength and power to do everything that they did and um and you already touched upon it the the incident in exodus with the with the snakes and how the god god's power overcame all the darkness you know one day we got to talk about that about how the magicians were able to do the same thing like i feel like no one ever wants to talk about that i always bring it up to all my church friends and you are like oh don't worry about that part but anyways, <laughs> I'm like, no, I need to know how these magicians were able to do the same thing. Well, the point I'm trying to bring out is that God's power cannot be overtopped. God is number one. He holds high rank above it all. It was two against one of those things, and God still came through and he overpowered it. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, God has given that same power and that person to live in us and to help and guide us in everyday aspect of our lives. We should be, like, the most joyful people and grateful for that. And do not insult God in any kind of way of seeking a spirit guide, seeking an ancestor. That's something that's very prevalent within the, um, the African-American community, especially from, like, African cultures of this thing of seeking after your ancestors or contacting ancestors. My ancestors can't help me. Sorry. They can't help me. I'm just going to say it flat out. Grandma's been dead for about a good 15 years. She, she can't help me. she she can't help me she she can't help me she up she's up there in glory having a good time trust me she ain't picking up that phone call she ain't picking up that phone call your grandson trying to call you she's like look i'm over here eating grapes talking to moses like i i I can't answer that call so (laughs) (laughs) she's not looking to speak to me or anything like that so the holy spirit is the gift is the gift god god said I'm not going to abandon you as poor children, as orphans. And so I'm going to give you the top of the line best, myself, to lead and guide you through life, this wilderness of life. And we should be most certainly grateful um, and utilize the gift of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. Alex, do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up for today?
2: I just wanted uh, to uh, wrap this all together by going to John 14, where in verse 15 starting there the title of this section of scripture is jesus promises the holy spirit and i think that that is important right like as a as a believer it's like well you say all these things about the holy spirit that that i submit but how do i know this Mm -hmm. for certain and it's it's right here where uh jesus says if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that is the Spirit of Truth. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit, and that's that is the promise. Um, and it is predicated on us uh, doing our best to keep the Lord's commands. Mm-hmm. And if we if we if we do our best, and we're not going to be perfect, right? We're not. But if we do our best to to live as the way he asks us to, and he will be faithful and give us the Holy Spirit. Exactly. The Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Exactly. And I think that that's that is a promise we can take to the bank.
0: Amen. I, I've enjoyed this episode. See, our Halloween episodes are always fire. I'm telling you, like they're, it's one of our top top rated episodes. I'm telling you, I, I you know, maybe we should always just talk about these kind of themes. You know,
2: <laughs> I don't know we might we might run out of them, but we we keep finding new things to talk about each Halloween season. And I think next week it's going to be the same. Uh, maybe not so much a, a discussion about the Holy Spirit, but there are going to be a discussion about these things called hell houses. And uh, I think that will be a fun discussion as well.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one. I know the one I want to talk about is spiritual warfare. I don't know if I spoke that to, spoke, uh, spoken to you about that one, but specifically on spiritual warfare, because I think that conversation I had with my friend who was just like all that with demons and stuff, it just kind of like blew my mind of just like not understanding that there is an actual war out there and having conversations not just with you, but other my other Christian friends who I share this with saying how she was saying these things. They agree. With, they just said the same thing. That I think that they're just not aware of the spiritual battle, or that there is a spiritual war out there. So you know what? Here's the perfect spot for us to discuss it. But thank you, everybody, for listening today in today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it helped you. I hope it blessed you. Please, in this upcoming week, seek the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in your everyday life and your everyday decisions. Stay tuned for these announcements. <music>
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch Podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.